if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ praying for unity. What should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, uh, your least favorite, Joshua Knoll. Here is your favorite co-host, TJ, the Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Can I start calling you TTJ no. for the Tiberius one? No. Okay, I won't do that. So, uh, yeah, today we have a special episode where it's just us. It's been a little while since we've done this series where we're just going through the Bible and talking about some of the biggest uh, doctrinal issues, arguments that the church has historically had over certain verses. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about Genesis 4, the mark of Cain, and... Um, how that led to a lot of problems with the church, especially considering race. So should be an interesting subject. Um, we've started recently reviewing some of our audience reactions to silly questions that we post on our social media on Fridays. But this last Friday, instead of a silly question, we asked you all to just have a moment of silence and prayer with us for 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was just last Friday before we recorded this. Um, we want to thank everybody who did take the time to pray with us for the families of those who passed on that day and um, hopefully we'll be doing some more stuff like that where we post and all pray together as the whole church. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to that and really appreciate everybody who saw that post and took time out of their day to do that with us. Right. And uh, of course, since you're listening, I assume you're a fan. If you're not a fan, consider becoming a fan uh, by supporting us on Patreon for a little, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us financially, which is a great help. And for $3 a month and up, you get lots of cool stuff. Uh, Of course, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Uh, Anchor, Music.fm. I don't know if that's a website. Probably. (laughs) I think we're on Radio.com. Radio.com, of course. Not sure, though. Uh, Email us at thewholechurch at gmail.com to ask us about more specific needs you may be able to contribute to or to give us any feedback that you might have. Of course, the best and easiest ways to help us are by giving us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to, uh, or just a thumbs up, depending. Uh, (laughs) You can support us on Patreon, you know, dollar a month. Uh, But the easiest way by far is to share this episode on your social medias and increase our reach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything to add to that? No, just uh, you're welcome to everyone who just did that, who already shared the episode this far in. They said, you know what? That was a fantastic three minutes. I loved it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And of course, we always start with a silly question uh, that remains true when it's just us. So, Joshua, if you could choose one person to write the silly question for every episode, who would it be? (laughs) Well, you mean like literally anybody? Yeah. Any person. Preferably alive, because I don't think dead people can write anything. You know, um... I'm torn. Can I give two answers? Rip torn? That's a bad answer. <laughs> Can I give two answers anyway? Maybe. I'm torn between uh, Zach Brack, 
or the guy who um, plays JD on Scrubs. He's also a director of Zach Braff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's a director of a few movies I like a lot too. And um, Key Peel. Not Key. What's his name? His name isn't Key Peel. Key and Peel. Yeah, but I want, you know, Key. You want Key. Okay. Yeah. What's his last name? I think Key is his last name. All right, him. I think both of their first names are Jordan. You're right. Yeah, Jordan Key and Jordan Peel. Yeah, I would, I would like Jordan Key okay. to write all of our silly right. questions. Yeah, I choose Danny DeVito. <laughs> I have Why? no clue what he would write, but I bet it would be entertaining. <laughs> oh, man. You, you know who my least favorite person to write our silly questions would be? TJ. No, no. It's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, why? J.K. Rowling. I think oh, okay. I would hate. Yeah, no. we're not going to talk about that in this episode. So much. All right, fine. All right, we're right. talking about Genesis Four. Yeah, Genesis Four. Mm-hmm. Tell, could you quote that from memory for us, TJ? Absolutely, I could not. Thanks for asking. All right. So, I guess before we go on too far, we asked our patrons if they had any questions about Genesis Four. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we decided to show them more appreciation by asking them if they have questions about our episodes before our episodes come out. Right. So then we could address them in the episode. That makes sense. Yeah. I said that as pretty much as confusing as possible, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you have any questions for after the episode, please email us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Yeah. But the questions that get to be included are for our patrons. Mm-hmm. Russell Gentry. 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 Why can't I pronounce my own friend's name? All right. Well, Russell asked us. That uh, ba- so based on the idea of biblical literalism, mm-hmm. Cain had to marry someone who was pretty close relative to him and have children with them. So uh, why didn't we see a lot of genetic disorders and problems with that, TJ? As a biologist, could you answer that? Well, I could, but I think it'd be a lot easier to talk about who Cain married. Okay, so so who was that? I have no clue. Yeah, me. I wasn't me there. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Uh, but also, it's you're not guaranteed to get a genetic defect uh, when you cross genes like that. Yeah, and once you kind of reach or enter into that spiritual realm, if you will, there's always this idea that God's kind of over it. So God mm-hmm. could be like, ah, bypass that this rule right here. Yeah, well, we don't need that one here. Um, yeah, whenever I looked into it, uh, that that's sort of basically the idea was that early on, because that's how it had to be done, a lot of that kind of relation. I'm trying to be PG here, was um, not considered sin. Right. So it wasn't plagued with those same defects. But later on, it is considered sin, and thus the, you know, repercussions of sin. Mm-hmm. And that's the literalist perspective. Yeah, that, that's how they sort of explain that. And, um, you know, it kind of makes sense, but it does beg that question of, which people ask about that other times. Does God pick and choose when something is a sin? Is lying sometimes a sin and sometimes not? I mean, there was a point where, uh, was it Rahab? In the wall of Jericho, God was like, oh, you lied. Good job. Let's bless your whole family. But the Bible does clearly say lying is a sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that might be the kind of question for either later episodes or better scholars. Yeah. Someone smarter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you smarter guy who heard this, please consider <laughs> being on an episode uh, you could email us and we'll interview you yeah that's the best answer i got but for non-literalists who may or may not believe in a non-historical adam yeah so fun fact 
you know what else I did? <laughs> we have a Facebook group for our past previous guests called I, the Whole Church Think Tank. I have literally no clue. You're part of it. <laughs> You're just not on Facebook. Yeah, no. So ask them about Genesis 4. So uh, we had a couple responses. The, the only one I think people would remember, because we have some of them were people who haven't actually been on the podcast yet, but sure. uh, Father Jonathan, been on the podcast a couple times, he said that he, their church is pretty comfortable with a non-historical Adam. So basically he said, you know, it's not really a problem for us guys. We, we don't believe that had to be literal. Yeah. Which, yeah, that does kind of take away the problem, right? <laughs> but uh, it, it's fun. So anyone who's taught children's church for an extended period of time has probably ran into this problem. Yeah. Where you're teaching about Cain and Abel and some little kid raises their hand. And you're like, yeah. And he's like, who did Cain marry? Shut up, kid. <laughs> it is a problem, right? Yeah. Um, for the literalist view, we kind of discussed how they view that. Other people pretty much either say that those chapters of the Bible weren't literal history, and as such, they don't worry about that problem at all. Right. Or you have people like Pete Enns, who's also been on the podcast before, who's a notable author on this particular subject. He thinks that the story of Adam and Forward is, instead of the history of being the origin of man, is the history of the origin of Israel and God's people. Right. So from his perspective, Cain just married someone who wasn't from God's people, the Israels. Israelites? Israelites. Israelites. The Israels. <laughs> the Israels. The Everyone named countries. Israel. <laughs> we have a good friend named Israel. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Cain didn't marry him. No, you better not. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, so, yeah, we are going to talk about this more uh, when we cover the flood, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The flood's when we're really going to get into, was it just Israel? Is it the whole earth, part of the earth? What's going on with that? Right. Was that is that next month? I have no clue. I think it's next month. It could be next month. It Don't quote us. <laughs> two months from now. 2022. I have no clue. That's exciting. 22, 22. I don't know. So what can you tell us about the story? Because some people, maybe they never heard about the story of Cain and Abel at all, and are just like, what are these guys talking about? Uh, so Cain and Abel, uh, brothers, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, which will be slightly embarrassing. <laughs> like, no, they're not brothers. They're <laughs> sisters, jeez. And, no, we can edit this. It's funny. And Cain was the first murderer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who murdered Abel. Who murdered his brother Abel, <laughs> which is, oh, what's the word for brother? Brother. No, it's the Latin word for brother. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the side that Sibilino. it is. No. That's Italian. No. And not right. <laughs> no, I'm I don't know think Latin. of the patricide equivalent, huh. which I just can't remember. Well, Filiocide? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Not us. But yeah, so Cain and Abel just, Cain was very jealous of Abel because God just kind of decided he liked Abel better. Right. Yeah. Which is tough. Yeah, that, that would be tough when there's four people on earth and. <laughs> One of them is your brother, and God likes him more. Yeah, from a literalist perspective, that is extremely tough. Yeah. So, naturally, he got very jealous. The jealousy consumed him. He killed his brother. God asked him about it with a rock. Yeah. Yeah, just a big rock. God asked him about it. He was like, what? I don't know what happened. I didn't do it. <laughs> Someone else did it. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> Which, uh, 
which is hilarious I mean, from, I guess, a little, from a literalist perspective. Yeah. I guess for one of the first lies ever. Yeah. Maybe you just didn't understand that that was a bad lie. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's sort of the story. He got jealous. Did that. God was like, hey, I'm your brother. He's like, I'm not my brother's keeper. I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. Have you seen him? Yeah. So if you heard the phrase, I'm not my brother's keeper, that is where that comes from. And um, if you fight the game among us, uh, as it is currently po- very popular, uh, he was bad imposter. I'll explain that to you later. Okay. Yeah. So, and then what did God do to Cain? God basically decided to punish Cain. Right. And was like, hey, you killed your brother, so um, I'm going to cast you far out to other lands, to other people, and you'll never be around your family again. Cain decided that, no, no, people are going to know you cast me out. They're all going to hate me, and they'll kill me. This, is fa- this isn't fair. I can't handle this. So God was like, all right, well, I'll give you a mark so people know not to kill you. Right. Yeah. Which, part of the big question again, not only who did Cain marry, but who are these other people who are trying to kill him? Where is he going out to? Who are these people? And it is a big problem for the literalist. Uh, we talked a lot about the problems that a lot of the other perspectives had in Genesis 1 and 2. Here, that's a big struggle for, I think, people who believe just directly that. Which, of course, Adam and Eve, maybe they had far many other kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they were lived for hundreds of years, so who knows right. what all happened. Yeah. I mean, I know a few Ukrainian families that have 13 children. And, yeah. they, you know, they don't live to be 700. Yeah, they live to be 500. Who knows how many kids they have. <laughs> yeah. Which is another thing, I think. People forget one thing about the literal perspective. You know, it's, they were alive a lot longer. They were able to have kids for a lot longer. Yeah. And those kids had a lot longer time to grow up, move out, do their own family. Yeah. And have just as many kids. Well, slightly less kids. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or just as many. Or just yeah. as many. Yeah. Or more. So that's the story. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that story? I mean, I always heard that story as a kid. And uh, ignored it because I didn't have a brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you had a brother, do you think you would have wanted to kill him? I mean, maybe. I never wanted to kill my brother, but he probably wanted to kill me a couple times. Might still want to kill me. Yeah. I might need to hide. He hit you with that truck. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, let's talk about the sign. The mark of Cain. Yeah. That's what I call my gun. There's still a lot of different beliefs about the Mark of Cain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that caused the biggest effect historically in the church, which was actually a really old belief that some of the Catholics even held from way early on, was that the Mark of Cain was just darker skin color. Right. And which wouldn't make sense to me personally. That's but, not it's yeah. not really a mark as much mm-hmm. as it's just Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's what they believed. So they believed people with darker skin color were from that. But it was exasperated when American Protestantism kind of took its own life and started rising and used it to justify slavery, early American slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the way they justified that was by saying that from Cain's descendants was came Ham's wife. Now, Ham was the son of Noah. So we'll talk more about Ham later with the flood but it is important to note that for here because they thought ham's wife was a descendant of cain even though it does not say that in the bible that was a belief held they compounded that with ham's curse ham's curse was that his descendants would be servants of servants Mm -hmm. so they used that to say 
people with darker skin color with the mark of Cain are supposed to be the servants of servants, biblically. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think any church really believes that now. I really hope no church (laughs) believes that now. God, I hope so. But that's where they got that. Now, some churches still do believe that Ham's wife was a descendant of Cain, and that curse applies to them. Mm -hmm. But they don't necessarily think that the mark of Cain was darker skin color anymore. And so, does it explicitly say in the Bible what the curse is? What does it say exactly? The curse of Cain? It was that he would be sent out to far lands and to never return. And that's it. I think, yeah, I think it was basically just exile. Mm -hmm. Which seems like a pretty one-generational thing. Yeah, that that was my take. I, I don't think there was anywhere in the Bible that really made it seem like it was meant to be a forever to his whole entire family mm-hmm. for all eternity kind of thing. But it could be wrong. Yeah, it's not dishonor on your family. It's dishonor on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I wanted to read what God's curse was. So here it is. Genesis 4, the curse of Cain. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. So he was exiled, and work will be harder for you, and you won't really get anything out of it. I think all of us have felt that at some point in time, probably. But it was actually true of him. Nothing in it sounds like it was meant to be a generational thing. It sounds like God was cursing specifically Cain. Right. And then Cain said, this is too much. God, please don't make it this hard. And God was like, well, I'll keep people from killing you. And I'll put a curse on anyone who kills you that they will die a death that's like 10,000 times as bad or something. And was was Cain murdered? I don't know. Me neither. I kind of thought you would. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know if the Bible specifically says how he dies. It just says he dies. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, one thing that I just think is interesting that I want to mention for everyone do you know what? Now, there are, of course, different Jewish thoughts on what the Mark of Cain is. But do you want to know what one of them is? My favorite one of all of the thoughts of what the Mark of Cain could possibly have been? I'll let you tell me. Okay. You already know, though. Yeah. Because I told you before. Yeah. Yeah. Some beliefs in Judaism have come to the conclusion that it was likely a dog. God said, if I give him a cute enough puppy, no one will harm him. I don't think it was the factor of being cute. I think it was a factor of being just a mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, an aggressive. Oh, you think guard dog? Probably, or it could just be. I'm not familiar with. Oh, the, the guy belief. with the dog. We're not supposed to kill him. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the belief. But I would yeah, assume. I just thought it was fun that God that they you know they're like yeah. How did God keep him from being killed? A dog. Well, you know, I would assume it would be like a dog of the time. Okay. Which would be like a wolf. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. A big wolf. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It just makes more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, there than it being like a chihuahua. Now, other people basically just kind of gave up on trying to guess what the mark was. Um, I gave up a lot. Other Jewish believers, so some of the other ones, I think, just think it was a letter in the Hebrew language that basically stood for God. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, too. He just carried it around with them. But, you know, there are other parts of the Torah that talk about God's people having a scroll on their head. Right. That talks about the word of God. So I'm, it just makes sense. I'm going to pretend I did. a letter that. on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's cool. So back to the more controversial states that a lot of American Protestant churches took. So some of the churches that, well, do, do you do you know what all church? Some of the churches that split from this belief. 
Oh, well, I know the Methodist Church and the Presbyterian Church and the Baptist Church all split. And yeah. the Protestant Church, was it? Well, those are all parts of Protestant Church. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, well, what's really interesting, the Methodist Church and the Presbyterian Church split, I think one of them split during the Civil Rights Act, which was well after this doctrine was formed. But both of those churches have since come back together as one denomination. Mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Church split from the Northern Baptist Church, and is still the Southern Baptist Church. But not because they kept that belief, just because their tradition had formed. There was another schism after that, I believe, wherein the doctrines of the two Southern Baptist conventions changed. I'm pretty sure. I think that's correct. And for that reason, they didn't. So they weren't able to reconcile because there were other issues as well. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, at that time, there was three major church denominations that did step out when this belief was more popular and say, hey, that, we don't support that. That's not biblical. That's not right. Do you know what those three were? No. Well, it's the Catholic Church, <laughs> the Orthodox Church, and the Anglican Church. I thought it would be more interesting if you said it. Oh, okay. Way. Yeah. Thanks. Like kids show or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all three of them came out and said, yeah, we don't, we don't support this. We want nothing to do with it. Although historically, we mentioned already that there were some Catholic traditions that seem to think, seem to suggest that some of the older Catholic patriarchs did believe that, even though it wasn't as pronounced. Right. Yeah. And uh, what about some of the repercussions of the schism? Yeah. Some churches even today, well, that's where a lot of you know segregation happened. And, of course, it continued to get worse up until the Civil Rights Movement. And, of course, since then, we've kind of come back together, even though some churches remain separate. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Even with our own denomination, we have some separate church histories, but we are still one denomination. We're still united. We talk a lot about that with um, Sister Sylvia on episode 24 of the podcast. Yeah. Is that right? Awesome. Yeah. So what can you tell me, TJ, about this really interesting one to me was the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and their history with this belief. Right. So... In some official writings of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, uh, they still teach that Ham's wife is a descendant of Cain. Yeah, so the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, they pressed really hard into this issue as well. But instead of separating, they all kind of went further into it, even in some of their more, I don't know if they'd call it sacred writings, but some of their official writings. They explained that the curse of Cain fell to his descendants. One of those descendants was Ham's wife, and thus it compounds to the descendants. What we mentioned earlier, right? Right. But, and for a long time, they they said that the mark of Cain was darker skin. But then, uh, I forget which bishop it was, but one of their bishops had a revelation from God that everyone is now eligible for the priesthood. So, no matter race, it doesn't matter. There was never any... JCLBS. So whereas they never denounced any specific beliefs on that, they moved away from it. Mm-hmm. And through Revelation, they've accepted all races into unity in their church. Right. So they never split. So there was never a reconciliation. Yeah. Right. Because there didn't have to be. Yeah. But it is important that they went there and kind of came back. Right. And uh, from the other schism, the schism of the more Protestant churches. Yeah, the, the, the Protestant churches. Uh, the AME Zion Church was formed 
in reaction to some of the racism that was perpetuated through the schism. Yeah, specifically in some stuff that happened in New York. Right, right. Yeah. specifically in New York after, you know, strong racial tensions. Yeah, which, uh, for those unaware, uh, means African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. That's what the AME stands for. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, check out the episode we did on the AME Zion Church. Yeah, it's literally just called AME Zion Talk. Yep. Yeah. Pastor Kennedy. Kino. Kino, Kino Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, I was trying to combine his names. Great guy, though. We love that guy. Pastor Kennedy. Okay, so what's that have to do with the church today? So uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast with Sister Sylvia on episode 24. Give it a listen. And if you feel like it is a pressing matter that was not well enough covered, well, let so. us know. Yeah. Email us at thewholechurchpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And but, um, we will. Yeah. But the important thing is the church went there. But the church was able to come back, right? Through Christ, the church prevails, even against itself in this instance. Yeah. So, you know, as, as just a final note, this isn't an argument the church has had. A flat. But it isn't an... What? That's the final note. A flat. <laughs> but it is... Uh, it's an important thing to talk about if we're talking about church unity in Genesis 4. The first murder occurred because someone got jealous. Right. Have you ever experienced jealousy, TJ? Never. Answer now. I'm perfect. <laughs> but jealousy does still creep into the church today, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. You know, someone wishes that this was done my way. Why did you listen to them instead of me? Or, well, how come they got to be the youth pastor? I wanted to be a youth pastor. Or how come they got to be in choir and I didn't get to be in choir? You know, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. How do you think that affects church unity today? Well, I think people who are beset by jealousy, uh, it is really hard to reconcile with that feeling, to get over yourself and, you know, make friends with those people. Contrary to popular belief, I have been jealous before. What? Mm -hmm. Of me? No. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, it would have been so awful if you would have said, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We would have had the... I don't know what I would have done with that. Thanks for not saying anything. No, no. <laughs> uh, great. Thanks, John. <laughs> Sorry. No clue what I was saying. <laughs> You've been beset by jealousy before. That's just not true. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to reconcile with the people you feel jealous of because you want to be as good at blank as they are. And it's hard to get over yourself and be happy for them. That's something that kind of has to happen. For us to be one church, you know. Yeah. And then I, I, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong. Someone please tell me if I am. But I think jealousy might be one of the hardest things to admit to someone else, right? If I told a lie about TJ to somebody for some reason, let's say I, I told my wife that his eyes were brown, that'd be a lot easier for me to be like, TJ, I don't know why, but I lied about the color of your eyes. That's, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, or, you know, e- even something more serious like, uh, what's something else I could lie about? No, my TJ has ton of money. I just told somebody that you have a ton of money and you're willing to help them out. Yeah, that's I, That true. still would be bad and I would still feel awful for having to admit that to you because it's just not true. But I think it would be easier to confess that to you than to be like, hey, TJ, I'm actually really jealous on how much better you are at Smash Bros. Than I have. Although that, that's just true. No though. money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, no I feel like it's 
harder to confess. You know, the Bible says confess one to another your sins, and that's part of unity. I feel like it's a lot harder to confess jealousy to somebody. Right. Because that takes such an extraordinary amount of humility, mm-hmm. right? It's like humility admitting that I lied is like level one. I feel like admitting that I'm jealous of you is like level 10 humility. 10 out of? Yeah, I got to level up, man. Out of what? What? I just, it's a leveling system, man. I don't think How there's many, a limit What's on the it. level cap? There isn't one. Oh, okay. God so it's means nothing. <laughs> yeah. I just mean, I think it's a lot. It takes a lot more humility to admit you're jealous than to admit that you lied. Yeah. So if it's a 10 and that's a lot, then it's like one out of 15. <laughs> sure. Why, why do you need a number? Because it has to mean something. <laughs> okay, so TJ, one thing I like to ask all our guests, and we're going to make it more specific here, since we're talking about Cain and Abel. What do you think is one thing that anyone listening could do to help better reconcile with their brothers and sisters that they have been jealous of? Mm-hmm. Give them one thing that they could do, what would it be? Simply do not be jealous. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'd be a good practice on top of that mm-hmm. to really search your heart, think about your past and think if there was ever a time with someone in the church that you felt jealous of for any reason right. and confess it to them. Just like we said, confess your sins one to another. Right. Even though it takes level 10 humility, I think it's a good thing to do. And I think it's kind of the key to church unity in a lot yeah. of times. Reach out to that person and let them know how you feel and apologize for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, apologize to God feeling that way. Yeah. That's just good practice. That is something you should do. Yeah. So, TJ, if people just stopped being jealous, what would we see different in the church and the world around us? Well, honestly, I think the changes would be boundless. Uh, it's basically unfathomable to see what would change because I know jealousy prevents so many people from doing so many things. Uh, so it's really hard to say, but it's safe to assume that it would be good things. Can I say ditto? Can that be my answer? Yeah. But like the Pokemon ditto. And I think we would see him. I don't think that would happen. Okay. I just agree with you. All right. Cool. (laughs) All right. So I had a train talk. Sure. Since you thought my last train talk didn't count, I decided to come up with one that just wasn't about trains. I think these are more about trains. Still might not be about trains necessarily. But you know, they're more about trains. So first, when I was in KFC the other day, because I love KFC, I noticed a poster that was just talking about all of Colonel Sanders' previous jobs. Mm-hmm. His first job, do you know what it was? Train conductor? Yeah, train conductor, and he was also a railway fireman. That's a really important first job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he went around on the railways and put out railway fires, which apparently a huge problem at the time. Yeah, pretty hard. For someone who loves KFC and also loves trains, just fantastic news. Right. Right. That's train talk. Yeah, these, these are more trainy train talks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was it for Train Talk. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, welcome to the outro, I guess. <laughs> I mean, these episodes are so much weirder without a guest. Yeah. Uh, so now we move on to our God Moment segment, which I'm sure you've heard before because you're a huge fan and you've been listening to us for a long time. Uh, but it's where we talk about a moment in you know our lives where we saw God. Yeah. Would you like to start? Yeah. Yeah, I was really blessed by TJ's God moment today, and that was my God moment. Oh, wow. No, no. Um, actually, today at work, the rain and stuff was causing us to delay what we were doing, mm-hmm. and um, I was really aggravated because I was hungry, naturally. 
And I ended up not being able to go to lunch till 2.30, which I get off work at 3.30. <laughs> but uh, so I went, I went into Arby's, 2.30, and I was like, oh, man, this sucks. And prepared to get my two sandwiches. I found out that between two and five, which I already knew this, but I forgot. Happy hour. Yeah. yeah. All of their sliders and their drinks are $1 each. So I got yeah. three sliders instead of two. And I was like, you know, God, not that, thanks for delaying me today. I, I needed this extra sandwich yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Made me happy. So what about you, TJ? What's, uh, what's God been up to with you recently? Has he been disciplining you in silence and meditation? I played ping pong today for the first time in a long time. That was really nice. That's not nice. Yeah. That's like your meditation zone too, right? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's good exercise, good place to center yourself. And it was really nice. Great. All right. Well, guys, uh, before we wrap up, thank you for your God moment, TJ. Uh, we just want to go over some of our needs again. If any of you wanted to contribute and support this podcast, uh, you can do so by following us on any of our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I think that's all we're on. Um, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already subscribed, there's usually like a little check mark at the top. Go do that. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you don't mind. doesn't take long. Five-star reviews help a lot. Let's other people see the show. And of course, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Uh, right now, we are at, I want to say, $30 a month. And our first, our next goal, we've already met our first goal of $21 a month. Our next goal is $42 a month, which will help us get better software editing equipment. So uh, if you guys could help us reach that goal, mm. four people with $3 a month, we're there, man. Yeah, And then we can afford speech therapy after that. Yes, yeah. apparently I need it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, some future guests we have on the show. Uh, Carrie Roberts of this Dyslexic Pastor podcast, which I'm sure is really fun to say and read for dyslexic pastors. Uh, Tyler Smith, the author of Searching for Seven. Uh, Pastor Robbie Brissy, friend of the podcast. Good guy. Great guy. Uh, was he your cabin leader? Yes. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Brissy, the only man to have been both of our cabin leaders, except for maybe Brother Martin. No. He was never your cabin leader? No. All right. And, uh, of course, at the end of the season, uh, we will have Francis Chan. Well, does he know? No. Will he know? He will. When? I have no clue. Eventually. Eventually, Eventually we'll have. <laughs> one All day, right. we will end the season. Yeah. We'll have a season two. Season one might last forever, though. Be prepared. But if season one ends, season two is going to end with the public. <laughs> oh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, of course, we love your support, even if you can't support us. Otherwise, we enjoy having you listen to podcasts. Yeah. And if you want to hear this next little piece we do, head on over to Patreon, where TJ's going to summarize this whole podcast in 10 seconds or less. It's actually the exact opposite of that, as it's highlighted. You're going to expand this podcast. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, thank you guys.